Hey, as a church, we've been going through a series, and that series is called Church IRL. Now, I didn't know what this meant necessarily, and there's many of you that maybe don't either, but this is a texting-savvy thing. Um, church in real life is what that stands for. Um, and we, what we wanted to do in this series is take a look at what is the value, if any, of the church meeting in person, being together in person in the same vicinity. Um, last week, Pastor Chuck walked us through uh, Hebrews 10, and I just wanted to revisit that really quickly this morning because there's a part of a verse there that I think is really um, applicable to us this morning. Hebrews 10 in verse 24. Let me just read it for us a second. Listen to this. Paul writes, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, not giving up meeting together, not giving up meeting together. Do you hear that? As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The Apostle Paul says, there is value in the church being together. Do not take lightly when you don't meet together. Do not take that lightly. It better be for a good reason. I think we've had some good reasons personally. There is something though about being together in real life as a church that has tremendous value to God and it has tremendous value to the church. It's the way that God designed it. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, Paul says. One of the reasons that the Apostle Paul would say this is because something happens to us followers of Jesus, to the church in general, when the church scatters and the church no longer meets together. Something happens. In fact, for most of us, we're watching some of that happen right now in our lives. Uh, Barna is this uh, a group that does all kinds of studies, statistical data, all that stuff. And they did a study of regular church attenders um, participation through COVID-19. And what does that look like? Folks that attend church regularly, only 40% have watched an online service, according to Barna, which is really interesting. But listen to this. 60% of regular church attenders since COVID-19 have not participated with their church at all since COVID-19. At all. More than half of regular church attenders have had zero interaction with the church around them. It's kind of shocking if you think about it. What impact do you think that is having on the church and us followers of Jesus? It's enormous, don't you think? See, when we drift from doing church, IRL, in real life, we experience a spiritual drift as well. Wait for it. You'll see it in America. Very few folks have been able to pull off a dynamic personal faith without this thing called the church surrounding them. Very few. It's an exception in history. So church IRL matters. It matters. Do not give up meeting together, the Apostle Paul tells us. And so for the last couple of weeks, what we've been talking about is the value of the church in real life. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about the value of the church meeting together and worshiping together. And when we're together as a church worshiping and praying together, something happens. We encounter God in ways that we don't normally get to encounter God. There's something particular and unique about the church coming together, worshiping and praying together, where we meet God in ways we don't get to in other parts of our lives. And then last week we talked about purpose. 
There is this purpose that comes with the church being in person together, doing community together. We find a common purpose together that we wouldn't find anywhere else in our lives. And then what we want to do this week is we want to talk about something else about church IRL. We want to talk about family. The church is family. Um, one of the primary metaphors in the scriptures for the church has this family language to it. There's family going on here. When we come together in real life as a church, when we eat together and we meet together and we pray together and we weep together and we do just life together, it should remind us somewhere in the back of our minds like, oh, this is a lot like family. And so we want to talk about that this morning. Um, our scripture reading this morning is found in 1 John 3, starting in verse 1. If you have your Bible, I invite you to go ahead and open up there. It's like the fourth from the last book of the Bible, if that will help you at all. 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Um, our scripture reader this morning is Dave Harvey. Dave, you can head on up. In church, what we do here when we read God's word together is we stand and we face the center of the room. Folks, if you're streaming in this morning, we encourage you to do the same thing. Hop off the couch and stand for the reading of God's word. This book matters and it does honor when we do this together. So Dave, when you're ready, take it away. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what, w and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Thanks, Dave. You all may take a seat. Um, as many of you maybe already know, there are several of us on the church staff that love superhero movies. We love them. We are a very mature group. Um, in fact, um, a few of us on staff, we have a tradition where we go to see every single superhero movie that comes out on opening night. It's a really big deal for us. It's a high priority. Our priorities are right, I think. And if there's a superhero movie that we feel like hits the bar of great superhero movie, we will drive to Boise and we will watch that thing on IMAX on opening night every time. And it is glorious. Love it. Now, one of the movies that we've seen recently is the movie Shazam. How many of us have seen the movie Shazam? A, a few of us have. As few as haven't, I think. Now, if you haven't seen it, uh, the, the movie Shazam is about a kid named Billy Batson. And Billy Batson is a teen who is stuck in the foster care system in the U.S. Um, who ends up, through this weird encounter, ends up inheriting superpowers that magically transforms him into like a Superman superhero when he says the magic word. You guys are amazing. I'm so proud of this church right now. It's really grounded in reality, this movie is, by the way. Um, now, and throughout the movie, Billy Batson finds himself living with this new foster family. And there's this tension all throughout the movie with Billy with this new foster family. Billy doesn't trust this family. He's just really not sure about the family. But this family is different. They, they actually 
care for Billy. Even at his worst, this foster family cares for Billy. Now, what I loved about the movie Shazam was the picture of family that the film painted. Uh, The parents were not like superstar parents, but they were good parents. Um, They were gracious, and they were loving toward all these foster kids. And they were willing to discipline these foster kids, and they wanted the best for these foster kids. It's just a great family. It's the kind of film where you watch and you're like, man, how do I make my family a little bit more like that? But what I love the most about that movie was the moment when Billy Batson realizes that this foster family that he's been living with has transformed on him into his, his family. They're just his family now. It's a great moment on the screen. They've simply become his family. Now, in the Bible, the church is often written about and spoken about using family imagery Um, Our scripture reading this morning is a great example of this. If you have your Bible, I'd invite you to open back up to 1 John here a second, 1 John 3. It's the first verse in 1 John 3, and it says everything that we need to hear about how God views family and the church. It's great. Let me read it to us a second. It says, See what great love the Father, the Father, the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called what? Children of God. You know, for those of us who have grown up in the church, we may read passages like this, and we kind of gloss over this family language. We've just read it all before. You know, for many of us, we read the word Father, and we think of like the Trinity or something. You know, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, um, Father is like a name or a title or something like that. And we don't really put much more thought into what that might mean. Um, But you see, when God refers to himself as our Father, there is a lot going on there in the text. When we use the name Father, we are saying something about the kind and the quality of relationship that we are going to have with the Lord. That's what we do when we use Father. God is not simply just God. God is not the great spirit. God is not just simply the creator. God is not a spiritual genie with all these wishes and we just pray to him with these wishes and sometimes the genie you know, pulls it off for us, right? No, God is way, way more intentional than that in the scriptures. God according to this book, desires for a much more intimate relationship with us. And the best way to describe it in the authors of this book is father and sons and daughters. There is something about the relationship between a dad and his kids that God wants with us. Think about that. You know, um, many of us have probably experienced this at some point in their lives, maybe some personally, some just through friends or family. But I don't know if you've experienced this. There's a person who has a really tough relationship with their dad. Like, it's been a struggle. There's lots of hurt and pain and mistrust and all that goes on. And the only way that the person can signify the struggle or the hurt or the pain of the relationship with their dad is to talk about their dad differently. Maybe you've experienced this. So this person 
does not talk about dad in dad or father terms, right? This person uses a different way of talking about this person. They'll just use their normal name, right? Hey, uh, this is Jim right here. This is Jim. And when they address Jim, they say, hey, hey, Jim, how are you doing? And when they talk about Jim, they talk about Jim. They don't talk about dad. They talk about Jim. Now, when people do this with their fathers, it's an amazing statement about the quality of the relationship, isn't it? The quality of the relationship with dad. They don't get dad. They just get their name. See, when it comes to our relationship with God, it is an amazing statement. When we talk about a relationship with God, we don't just say, hey, God, how are you doing? We talk about God all the time. No, 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 no. We talk about the Father. The Father. We pray to the Father. You see the difference? The way God sees our relationship with him is he as our Father and we as sons and daughters in the family. And in our scripture reading, John tells us that this is what love looks like. You want to look at what love looks like. This is it. Love looks like when another person sees another person. And they don't just see a person. They don't just see a friend. What they see, whether there's blood relation or not, they see family. That's what love looks like. And this is how God looks at you and me. We're family to God. God looks at you and me and our lives. And God looks at all the bad decisions and the regrets and the COVID-19 we've all gained, right? God looks at all of that and God says, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my son. That's, that, that's, my, that's my daughter. They're family. That's my family there. It's a beautiful picture of love. And you see, God longs for us to see our relationship with him the same way. In fact, I love um, elsewhere in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul puts it great in Romans 8, 15. I'm just going to read it. Just listen to this. Paul writes about this. He says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and daughtership, and by him we cry out, Abba, Father. God longs for us to cry out to him, Abba, Father. Abba, it's like the most affectionate way that you could say dad. It's like saying daddy today, right? That's what God wants for our relationship with him. God longs for that relationship with you. God longs for you to see it in the same terms he does. You know, maybe that is something in this moment in your life, it could change everything for you. You know, maybe you're coming from a place of no faith at all and you're walking in and you're like, I don't know, the father stuff. I don't know what, what, what to do with that. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a really long time and it's like a duty and you see God as this being that's super far away and not terribly interested, right? But no, 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 no. What if you changed it all and, and you saw, oh, no, God views us like family. What would that change for you? Like what if you actually believed 
that you were a part of God's family? What if you believed that you had value in God's eyes despite all the stuff of our lives that often gets in the way? Maybe this morning, God is calling you for the first time or for the first time in a long time to go to that prayer wall back there and pray to Abba Father, pray to the dad, the ultimate dad. When's the last time that happened in your life? Now you might be thinking, what in the world does all of that have to do with church in real life, right? What does that have to do with it? You see, church in real life is about family. That we all have a father in heaven who loves each of us unconditionally. And you see, if we all have the same father in heaven who loves us each unconditionally, that means something for every single person in this room altogether. You know what it means? We're all siblings. I mean, look around the room a second. Just take the quick glance of the room. This is your family. This is your brothers and sisters. We should see each other that way. You see, if we are all sons and daughters in the household of God, that means that when the church gathers in real life, we are family meeting together. Every single Sunday morning that we get together and we meet together, it should feel a little bit like a family reunion every single week. Oh, we get to see the family again. You know, one of the things I've loved about the church slowly coming back to on-campus worship is standing out in the octagon and that person walks in the door and and it's a person that I haven't seen for months and months at this point. And I see them and it's like, oh, finally you're back. It's like family. You see? I don't know if you've experienced that. I hope you have. See, the church, we're supposed to act like family. We're supposed to do what families do. We're supposed to be loyal to each other. Even when we betray each other, we're supposed to be loyal to each other, unconditionally loving toward each other. We're supposed to be there for each other. We're supposed to prompt each other onto greater holiness. I mean, John essentially talks about this. In verse 3, it says, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. And we purify ourselves together as a family unit. That's how this works. This is supposed to be what TFRC is supposed to be family. You know, I was thinking about this this week a lot, TFRC and family. And I have like a hundred stories personally of moments where I feel like this community has absolutely been my family. I do. And I think of all the things that we do together and the ways that we support each other. And I could go through the list. There's so many ways that we act as a family together. It's a beautiful thing. And then I realized this week, you know what would do it? A story, a story about TFRC being family. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to hear a story. Um, as many of you know, uh, one of our brothers in the family here um, has been run through the ringer in life recently. I mean, his family has too. Um, you might know William DeYoung and Renee. I'm assuming many of you are familiar with that name at this point. Um, William is a dairyman. He's attended here for a really long time. Several months ago now, William was out on his dairy and he got ran over by a feed truck. 
and it was awful, like worst case scenario type stuff. The truck smashed his legs. They didn't even know if he was going to survive. They thought that would be a miracle at this point if he made it. This week, what we did is we went to their house and we let them tell their story and we got it on video. And I want you to hear church as family in this video, okay? So listen to this story of William and Renee. On 3:20 of this year, yeah, got in an accident, dairy accident, and I drove over by my feed truck. I'll never, never forget that waking up and being scared to look back because I knew what happened and knew things were torn off and kind of in and out. But I remember that time having them call my wife and telling them, letting them know I love them. I had a million things going through my head because I felt like I was going to die right there. But I remember my daughter coming because I know that they were, my wife and kids were, you know hysterical, knowing the severity of it. And uh, I remember my daughter sitting there praying over me. It was one of the neatest moments. And then from there, you know, a lot happened. It was a long, yeah. a long flight. It was an hour. I just saw all these black clouds and the pilot said to me, look, I think it's another sign from God. Yeah. And there was just black clouds all around and then just sun rays shining down on the hospital. Unbelievable. And I just knew, I knew in my heart we're where we're supposed to be and God is with us. Um, I think many of the doctors didn't think that he would survive because they came and told me that afterwards and some of the nurses. And then about a couple weeks into it, he was still unconscious and, and they came and told me that I wasn't going to be able to come up anymore. And I knew that he was going to be in the hospital for a really long time. I've never felt that desperate before. And I said, you're not listening to me. And I just cried out, you're not, you're not hearing me. I'm alone, you have to help me. And after just a lot of tears and praying, and I think it was about an hour and a half later, I got a call and they said, we've, we've granted you an exception. We're gonna let you come up. And wow. I knew again, God just overflowed his love and care. And I remember them trying to wake me up and my daughter's putting up playlist. And I could hear them over and over and I wanted to wake up and We decided sing. to bring music into the room. <laughs> yeah. So my girls, yeah. Sabrina and Ella made a playlist. And so yeah. when he was still unconscious, I yeah. would say, William, we're gonna listen to music yeah. again. This is from I Sabrina and this. Ella. And I didn't know if he could hear me or anything, oh, I so could. I would play the music and- I would fight it. I wanted he to wake was up. He was trying to wake up. Wanted to wake up, but I eventually did. And whew. Yeah, like I said, and I keep you know, repeating myself just to know everything that happened. And power of prayer, God just sparing me. True miracle. And we believe yeah. because of all the prayers. Yeah, and, you know, he wasn't supposed to have legs. I don't think anyone thought that he would be able to salvage his legs. And now, you know, we have yeah. hope. He's going to walk again. Hope. And he had been unconscious for so long, he couldn't even lift his hands. He couldn't, he couldn't even lift his arms. He had no control over yeah. anything. Yeah. Each day he would 
work really hard in therapy and he yeah. just had a, a great attitude from the get-go. This is my situation and I'm going to make the best of it. And Yeah, out of ICU, you know, still having all kinds of stuff hooked up to me and then allowing me to go It took us about outside. an hour to get him down there, yeah. me and like three other people. Yeah, you know, with the COVID thing and all that stuff, just seeing my kids just for the first time, not being able to hug them but still just seeing them and just thanking God that I could just stand there and see them and talk to them. And uh, it was a true blessing that day. Just And I think truly, God made it possible yeah. for us to see and, yeah. and understand all the love mm -hmm. around us. And I yeah. think he used the church yes. to show us his love in yep. a real intangible way. Yep. And it was just really overwhelming because when you feel alone, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah, like I was talking about earlier, being in those four walls and just that power of prayer and people play, praying all over the country is just truly humbling and just so. And you can feel for that. that. You can feel the oh, love of absolutely. people when they're praying for you. And it did. People I made still us... wanting to pray and mm -hmm. you know and just you know Allie setting up that huge prayer wall and opening up and people praying live and all that stuff just was truly. Truly awesome. My dad praying in Dutch for me and just, ah, uh, man, awesome. Church is awesome. And, and after my whole ordeal, it makes me stronger and want to be there for other people and obviously encourage them and love on them and just, you know, let them know that God is for real and He does answer prayers mm -hmm. and He will be there for them. We still have a lot of we got a lot of work yet ahead. Mountains to climb and yeah. health, you know, medical issues to deal with. Yeah. You know, keep praying that, you know, we're gonna walk someday and I know I'm gonna walk soon. And I can't wait for that day. I'm gonna really excited and continued prayers are always well welcome, you know, and love it. And I just appreciate and love everybody in there for praying for me. Thank you um, and for yeah, our family and for uh, all the meals and the, and, and the beautiful cards and just your kind words. God is good. And thank you. Thank you. Did you hear it? Church is family. One of my favorite parts of being with William and Renee is they are so deeply in love with Jesus and they attribute all of it to their church family. The church is a family that means something. You see? We have our struggles we have our weaknesses. We let each other down. The church doesn't always function all that great, but then again, maybe some families don't either. But we're a family. And when it matters, family suddenly matters. If you feel like you're outside of the family of TFRC this morning, man, I challenge you, jump into this place. Like, pray Anytime a prayer request goes up, pray for those people. Get to know each other. 
join a four by four heart to heart. Like get involved at the church. And for the rest of us, where we feel like, man, we have been a part of this family for a long time, I challenge you to make other people feel that. Like reach out to each other. Because it matters. Amen? It matters. Now, one of the things that families do together, my family does well, but yours does too, is families eat together. Amen? We eat together. That's what we do. As a family, we eat. Um, communion is the father's family coming together to eat together. That's what we do when we come to this table. Communion is a special family meal that the Father has given us. It's a treat for you and it's a treat for me. We eat together as a family and we remember what Jesus did together as a family. That's what we do together at this table. And when we come to eat at this table together, we expect that dad's going to come to the table with us. So we're going to take communion here. And as we take communion this morning, pay attention to the family nature of this moment. Look around the room as we eat together. Let's prepare our hearts in prayer as we come to the table this morning. Let's, let's pray. God, we thank you for this meal. We thank you for the table. God, this is a family table. It's where we come together to be together and to be with you and to remember your son together. God, we thank you for that. And God, as we come to the table this morning, we just pray that you open our eyes to the things we need to see. Open our hearts to the work that was done on the cross. And God, bring us together even closer. Make us a tight-knit family, as you imagined your church being. We thank you for these next moments. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus was having the Passover meal with his disciples. And near the beginning of the meal, he took the bread and he held it up and blessed it. And after he blessed it, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, as often as you eat this, remember me. Remember me. Now it's the same meal. Near the end of the meal, Jesus takes the cup and he raises it up. And after he had blessed it, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink from this, Remember me. Remember me. So friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim our Lord Jesus till he comes again. And we will be a family until then and we will be a family after. Amen? For all those who proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, all things are ready. Friends, eat and drink the body and blood of Christ. The only response in moments like these 
is gratitude. So why don't we go to the Lord with grateful hearts for this meal. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your generosity to us. We thank you that you'd send your son to die so that we could be adopted as brothers and sisters in your family. What an amazing gift. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your heart that bleeds for us. You love us. Thank you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please stand with me and as we end with a blessing. And before we go, two things. One, this morning, you may have not prayed in a long time. There's a prayer wall in the back, and I challenge you, go to that prayer wall and say a prayer. If you haven't prayed this week, go for it. Write down a prayer, roll it up, put it in the wall. Perhaps you have business to do with the Father this morning. Go and do your business at the prayer wall. I challenge you to do that. Take it seriously. Um, secondly, as you notice, we're not taking an offering at this point um, due to all the COVID stuff, but we do have offering boxes in the back of the room if you would like to give there. You can also give, for those of you who are online as well, you can give online. Um, you can just go online and I think it's TFRC slash giving, I believe, and you can give there as well. Let me leave you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church?